Welcome to the Roman Arena Podcast, created by the students of Roman Catholic High School in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Here, we discuss various issues and events, plus interview those of influence. It's all from the perspective of the Roman students. Now, sit back and enjoy the Roman Arena Podcast. Welcome to the Roman Arena Podcast. My name is Michael Juratus, and I am joined with Josh Brown. Yes, sir. And in today's episode, we will talk about different movies. So, so Josh, I want to just start. Like, What is your favorite movie? I think uh, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Punch Drunk Love. I'd probably say that's my favorite movie. So like, I've never watched a movie, so can you just give me like a little background of what's, what it's about? Uh, yeah, so basically, um, Adam Sandler plays this down on his luck, really introverted uh, businessman. And basically what happens is he's trying to get all these microwaved meals for <laughs> to exchange them for frequent flyer miles so you can travel the world with this lady that he just fell in love with. And there's also this scam company who is trying to, you know, take all of his money away from him. So he's trying to juggle like all three of those things and it's fantastic. So so you mentioned that it was it's a love story. So I know like in the movie I didn't watch it before, but I know that Adam Sandler plays um, like a bathroom supply business owner, and yeah. then he falls in love with one of his coworkers who is played by Emily Watson. So, like, what makes this movie different than like an average like love story? Um, I think just the way it's filmed. It's, I mean, most romantic rom coms, things like that. It's like, oh, guy meets girl, girl learns like there's more to life than just like working <laughs> and stuff, or vice versa. But I feel this one's much different because it's not just about the love story. It, the love is kind of like a, a catalyst for Adam Sandler's character arc. So like instead of just being this introverted liar with insane rage issues, you know, after he meets her, he becomes more calm and like he's able to walk up to this scam artist and threaten him and stuff. And he loses his rage issues and he starts telling the truth. So I, I feel like it's more like that than just like, Oh, guy meets girl, they fall in love, happy ever after. You know, it's all good. <laughs> so the movie has a lot of famous actors such as Adam Sandler, Emily Watson, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. So like in your opinion, what makes this movie more um, prolific or like more better in your own opinion than the ones that these other actors played in? Um, I feel like it's mostly due to the director and writer, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. He has this insane ability to... Uh, just bring out the best of every actor and you, you can like see it in his other movies. He takes, you can just like see something in someone and just, um, just make it work. Like, I think the inspiration in an interview, he said, uh, like he was watching an Adam Sandler comedy and then he just thought, I want to make a more romancy art house type movie with him. So he casted him. And I, I really feel like that's why the movie works so well. Like if you had any other actors doing the roles, I don't, I don't think it would have worked so well since he like wrote the specific characters for each individual actor. Yeah, I agree. So the movie was filmed in 2002. Do you think that if it was filmed in like 2023 that the movie would be better or in terms of quality or worse because in 2023 we have more technology than we did in 2002? So what's your opinion on that? On that? Uh, I, I don't really think there would be too much of a difference. I mean, it would probably be worse if you filmed it now since 
you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's been dead for like 10 years, so we couldn't have him in the movie. Adam Sandler's much older. He couldn't really be in the movie. Emily Watson hasn't acted in a couple years. So in, in terms of that, it would probably not be as good, but uh, filmmaking-wise, I don't, I don't really think anything would be too different since they don't really use any CGI or anything like that in the movie. So it'd probably be mainly the same, but it would probably be worse if we had to cast different actors in the movie. Yeah, so now let's talk about another movie that you told me that you enjoy, and that's Back to the Future. And oh, yeah. Me personally, I really like that movie too. So, of course, Back to the Future is an all-time classic starring um, as Marty Gafly, Michael J. Fox travels back to the future, to the 50s, when like he does an experiment with Doc Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd, and that experiment goes wrong. So do you think that this was like the perfect storyline for a movie set in the 80s about science fiction, or do you think that like if a different storyline or something else happened in the movie, it would be a lot better? I don't really think if you changed anything, it would be better. I, I think it's pretty much uh, just perfect the way it is. It came out at the right time. It's the right everything. I mean, and most people, if you ask them what the like definitive 80s movie is, they would probably like nine times out of 10 say Back to the Future. Or, and I guess the other time they would say The Breakfast Club. But no, I, I don't think there's really anything wrong with it or anything that I would change. I, I think it's, you know, perfect for its time and for what it did. Now, as I said, there's been there's like been more than one Back to the Future, Back to the One, Future One, Two, and Three. Do you think that um, as the series went along, do you think that the series got worse as it went along? Because usually people say that when more than one movie comes out of the same exact movie, it becomes worse over time. Do you think that for Back to the Future? Um, not totally. I still, I mean. When you watch the first one, you don't automatically think that there should be a sequel or even a, a third movie, but it, they still found a way to make it work. I mean, I don't think the second or third movie is better than the first one. I still think the first one's the best, but uh, the other two movies do their own thing, like, you know, with the second one where it, it, everything just goes crazy. And you have all the different versions of Marty. Uh, that That's really good. And then the third one, The Wild West, I, I think that's the worst one, but it, it, it was still enjoyable for what it was. Yeah, I agree. So... As I said before, in the terms of the Punch Drunk Love movie, I said if it was filmed in 2023, would it be better in terms of, like, technology? Do you think the same thing for Back to the Future? Like, if it was filmed in 2023, it would have more technical advances? Or do you think that the 80s was, like, the perfect kind of mix between just getting to the point of being, like, science fiction? Or do you think that having it in the 21st century would be a lot more beneficial? Uh, I, I, it's kind of the same opinion I had on Punch Drunk Love. I think it would be much worse if you like did a remake, which has been in talks for a long time. I, it would just be stupid because part of the magic of Back to the Future was it being the staple of the '80s, having the rock music, having the, you know, the outfits, having all that stuff. So even though maybe the CGI in some scenes, like the time traveling scenes, would be maybe a little bit better, I think in the grand scheme of things, we would be like sacrificing much of the char so much charm of and you know what makes back to the future back to the future if we just you know made it today you know yeah and do you think that there'd be do you think that Michael J Fox like this was like his most predominant role and do you think oh yeah yeah definitely and do you think that he was the right role for this or do you think that um an another person would be able to fulfill this role even better than he was yeah, uh, definitely not. I, I think it was, you know, another, like with Punch Rick Love and Adam Sandler, I think it was just uh, an example of perfect casting. I mean, you know, I watch some movies sometimes and I'm like, oh, someone else could have done this. But I, I don't think that with Back to the Future, I think, you know, all the actors did an amazing job. Uh, like Marty McFly did great. Um, Christopher Lloyd did amazing as well. And uh, also the dad does a really good job. No one ever talks about how 
a great Marty McFly's dad is in the movie. He's just, he is comedy gold, bro. He's, he's the best character in the movie by far. Can you just explain why he's the best character? I'll give somebody who never watched a movie like some feedback on why uh, he's the best character in your opinion. Yeah, so so Marty McFly's dad is basically this uh, total dork who's <laughs> who's trying to flirt with this girl and he he just can't do it. And so like Marty McFly is basically trying to help his dad flirt with his mom so Marty doesn't, you know, get erased from all existence. And and I think the dad just he has insane comedic timing. Like there's the the scene at the beginning where they're all having dinner. And it's like that one episode of the show and the dad just does his really weird life. He's like, <laughs> it, it's just amazing. And then he's like, hey, you get your darn hands off. Or it's just, just watch the movie with the dad. He is, he's amazing. Just, he's the best. Now, I just recently I looked up on Google, what is the rating for Back to the Future on Rotten Tomatoes? And it was, it's good a 3.5 out of four. Do you think that that was the perfect rating or an all right rating in your opinion? And if it was an all right opinion, like what would you change it to be? Wait, is it 3.4 out of 4? Out of yeah, excuse me, out of 4. Okay. Uh 3.4 out of 4. Um I I think it should be 4 out of 4 basically across the board, but uh you know, that can't really happen. So in the grand scheme of things, I I think that's a fine fine score. I I would put it a little higher uh but you know, it's not for everybody, but I I think that's fine. It's fine. Now, why is this movie like special to you? Like what makes this like, cause I know some people like can cringe at some of these like movies, like back to the future. And me personally, I like like kind of science fiction. I like that kind of genre of movies. But, like what makes this movie special to you? Um, I, I, I just like the fact that it doesn't, uh, take itself so seriously. Like if you're doing something, you know, silly, like time travel, it's not going to be perfect. It's going to have, you know, issues with the story, which is why, you know, the movie never addresses the fact, like at the end, it's like, well, how come the parents never recognize their kid? I mean, they, they hang out with them in the fifties, but, um, uh, I, th- I think it's special because of, you know, it's goofy, it's silly, it's funny, and it it has a sense of personality. I mean, there's a lot of time travel movies today and stuff, and they're just, like, bland, stupid. I mean, if, if you're going to do something big like time travel, I mean, you know, go big with the style, the personality, and that's exactly what Back to the Future did. And, you know, with time travel movies, it's never really been able to be replicated since. I mean, Bill and Ted came kind of close, but not, not close enough, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. So, Josh, like, what's another movie that you like that – like when you think of a movie, this comes to your attention. Um, I really like Dead Poets Society. I think that's, yeah, I, re- I really like that movie. It's, it's, it, that's an amazing movie. Yeah, I agree. I never watched the movie, but when we were going to Pittsburgh on the Pittsburgh bus to mock trial, I did watch it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I agree, it is a really good movie. So, do you think the characters in the movie, such as like John Keating? played by Robin Williams and Todd Anderson, played by Ethan Hawke, like remind you of anyone at Roman because for sure they do it for me. Yeah, uh, Ethan Hawke's character kind of reminds me of uh, freshman, sophomore me when I was real shy. I, I like hung out with the same two people and I, I didn't really talk to anyone new. I was just like, go with the flow, whatever. Uh, as far as Robin Williams' character goes, uh, he kind of reminds me of like Mr. Penn or Mr. Caldwell just like teaching us about more of life than actual, like, curriculum material, you know, things like that. Yeah, I agree. So one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when uh, Robin Williams' character, he makes all the students stand on the desk, like, the view, like, the work of art in a different perspective instead of just seeing it, like, on the floor. So what scene stands out to you the most in that movie? Oh, geez, there, there's a lot of great ones. Um, I, I don't really want to spoil the ending if anyone hasn't seen it, but you know, the last scene is, is really fantastic. Um, I'm not going to spoil it. Just when you watch it, you'll get it. Uh, 
Other, I, I really like the scene where it's like Ethan Hawke's birthday, and he gets like a, I think it's a typewriter, and then uh, Robert Sean Leonard's character walks up and he's like, "Oh, happy birthday!" He's like, "What'd you get?" He's like, "Oh, I got a typewriter, which is exactly what my parents got for me last year." And so Robert Sean Leonard's like, "Oh, great!" And so he was like, "So you don't need it?" And he just like throws the typewriter off the bridge. I, I don't know why, but that scene's always kind of uh, stuck with me, and that in the the last scene. Yeah, uh, in your own words, do you think that this movie kind of, like, made your knowledge of, like, literature and an interest in literature, like, skyrocket? Because for me, like, I'm not the biggest, like, literature fan. I'm not the biggest reader. But do you think that this movie that's all about poetry, do you think that, like, that really increased your liking of that genre? Um, you know, when I was, I was a kid, I, like, read all the time. I didn't really do uh, much else. So I wouldn't say really did anything for me in terms of, like, poetry or literature, but uh, the message of the movie is, you know, all about uh, seizing the day, carpe diem and stuff. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say it helped me with, you know, get into literature and things like that since I already was as a child. But um, I, I, I think it did help me, like, learn to, it's, you know, it's one day at a time. There's some moments that are just going to slip and you might never get a chance. So, like, just just go for it. If if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you'll never know if you don't try. That's that's really what I took away from from the movie. That's interesting. I like that. Um, Peter Weir, who is like the director of the movie, wrote and directed movies such as like The Truman Show with Jim Carrey and Fearless with Jeff Bridges. It's like what makes the Dead Poets Society like say not for you the most, despite all of his other good works that he's put out in the in the he, industry. Yeah, he's a he's a great director, and he kind of did the same thing that uh you know to go back to Punch Drunk Love, what Paul Thomas Anderson did with when he like saw something in a more comedic actor and made him do something serious and it worked out well you know like Jim Carrey in uh, the Truman Show uh, he's he's fantastic and same with Robin Williams and Dead Poet Society um I, I haven't seen Fearless but I the reason why I like uh, Dead Poet Society more than the Truman Show is I think the Truman Show gets a little uh too like egotistical at some points so it's like oh we're, we're so smart we're saying something about like you know media and all this things but it, it's it's really good I just think you know, the message of Dead Poets Society and, you know, Carpe Diem, it sticks more with me, especially the ending of Dead Poets Society. Uh, that and The Truman Show have very emotional endings, but, you know, the one with Dead Poets Society just resonates with me a lot more than the one in The uh, the Truman Show. But, you know, they're both great movies. I just I just think Dead Poets Society is just way better than The Truman Show, though. Yeah, and, like, in The Dead Poets Society, as you know, and to give a little bit more context, like, all of the students go to like, a, a big boarding school and it's all mouse school. And they have, like, many teachers. They they teach the same thing as we have at Roman. Do you think that the school that is in the Dead Post Society, like, relates a lot with Roman? And if so, how? Uh, it does at some points. It does at some parts, especially with the uh, the student life. Because, you know, in Dead Poet Society, like, Ethan Hawke is new to the school. And he, like, doesn't know anyone. And really quickly, he meets a bunch of guys. And they just all hang out like they've been buddies for life. And that's kind of the same experience at Roman. Uh you know, most people come not knowing anyone else at the school, and within a week, they have, like, 10-plus friends that they can just hang out with after. Uh, I wouldn't really say the same for the teachers, besides for Mr. Penn, a lot of the, uh, besides for Robin Williams. Most of the teachers at Roman are like him, and, you know, in the movie, Robin Williams is kind of, like, the outlier teacher. Like, none of the guys there really, or none of, like, the administrative staff uh, like him. They think what he's doing is weird and different, which I think is kind of, encourage that Roman instead of just being more of this machine, like pump, get the students in, make them, you know, whatever, and then pump them out. Yeah. Now 
uh, putting Deadpool Society aside, I want to talk about one of your other favorite movies that you told me, and that is The Empire Strikes Back. So, of course, we all know that there's been like a ton of Star Wars movies that are on the um on on TV. But like, what do you think that sets like The Empire Strikes Back um apart from the other Star Wars movies? Well, besides for the fact that The Empire Strikes Back has the best plot twist in uh, the history of cinema, um, just every, everything about it is just fantastic. The pacing is great. The writing's great. All the acting is amazing. Uh, the characters are great, especially with, um, with Luke. I mean, I, I think Luke is a little bit of an overrated character, especially in A New Hope. He's just whining all the time. In this one, he's a lot more, he's a lot more thinking, a lot more action work. So I think... Another thing that makes this movie special is, like, George Lucas didn't direct this movie. He just wrote it. So, you know, in A New Hope and uh, with Return of the Jedi, George Lucas can just kind of go all out, do whatever he wants. And, you know, as we saw with that in the prequel, sometimes that's not the best choice. So it was kind of nice to have him be like, all right, I'm going to write all this stuff down and then bring in a new director to, like, kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll do this. We can expand on this, but let's not do all this stuff. And it, I think it, it's by far the best Star Wars movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you remember your first time when you ever watched The Empire Strike Back? Uh, yeah, I did. It's, it's kind of a long story, but uh, I love the story, so I'll say it. So we were, I was in the, a minivan with like eight other guys. We were driving like an hour away to some youth group, and you know these two guys, they were like, I, th- I think they were like 10 or 11, but you know I was like five, so I thought they were like 16. They were like, oh, hey, let's watch this. I was like, oh, God, what's this going to be? And, and it was just The Empire Strikes Back. So on the way there, we watched the first half of it. And I just remember being, like, encapsulated by uh, everything that was going on, especially everything um, Harrison Ford was doing as uh, Han Solo. And I, I saw A New Hope many times. I don't really remember why we never watched this one, but we did anyway. And then um, on the way back, we watched the second half where, you know, everything with uh, Han Solo's character goes down. And I remember not really being able to understand it since, you know, it was in a loud car. We didn't really have subtitles on. I, I remember that they put the headphones on me because I was getting angry because everyone else, you know, was just hanging out at this youth group. So they were all excited, wanted to talk. And I'm like, shut up. I'm trying to watch the movie. And so I, I remember, <laughs> yeah. And, and so I remember getting like really sad when um, Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite because, you know, I was trying to listen, didn't have subtitles. So I didn't understand everything that's happening. So I thought like, my hero just died. So I, I remember just being like crying in the back of this minivan. And, and for some reason, I just remember we got Frosties because when like I, I, when we got home, my dad had to get me out of the car. And I just remember like sitting, just holding this Frosty in my hand. I had, didn't need a bite of it. It was just like melted and flowing out of the cup. And I was just like, oh, my, my hero's dead. Wah, wah. And, then, and then they showed me like from uh, Return of the Jedi, the scene where he gets unfrozen. But yeah, that's like my first... Not just like my first memory of watching The Empire Strikes Back. That's like my first memory of watching a movie ever. And I think that's really what sparked my love for, uh, for movies. Now, I just want to like pull out aside what you said during that story. You said that you got Frosties. Is it an unpopular opinion to say that like the Frosties on the Wendy's menu is like one of the best things that they have? It, it's the best thing they have. I, I, don't, I, think it, I don't think it's close. The Frosties is just, uh, it's amazing. I love Frosties. Now, I didn't know this, but... I just literally found this out today, like when I was looking up questions to ask you. But in in the movie, the quote "Luke, I am your father" is not actually "Luke, I am your father." I'll play the clip now, but he actually says, "No, I am your father," yeah. which is like I think is kind of like malicious in my opinion. <laughs> malicious. Like that that's 
like all every time I've been saying like Luke, I am your father, that just broke my dream. So I'll play it now. Here, let's see what he says. No, I am your father. No. That that's messed up. Like all that time I've been saying Luke, I am your father. Did you know that? Uh yeah yeah I'm I'm kind of like a snob when it comes to you know movie lines. So like people will be off by like a word or something when they're quoting a movie, and I'll just correct them. So uh, I've known that for a while, but uh, I'm, I'm glad you found out, so I don't have to yell at you. If you ever, like, said Luke, I was like, Mike. And, and did you also, do like, you know what the Wilhelm scream is? Yeah, it's the, it's like the scream, they're like, ah! I, I, can't, I can't do the sound right, but yeah, I, I know. Ah! Yeah, that's it, that's it. But I didn't know this, too. Like, I, I know it from this movie, like, Empire Strikes Back, but it's in over 400 films. And it's, like, it's in, like, I think three of the Star Wars films, but it's in only, like, 400. And it's, I was surprised to hear that, Yeah, too. it's, it's, it's everywhere. I'll, I'll, like, uh, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that uses it. Uh, I'm drawing a blank, but I, I remember I've seen it in a couple other movies, and I'm like, wait, that, that's from Star Wars. What's going on? <laughs> I think I've heard it in The Simpsons, too. Yeah, they, they definitely. It would have been used in, like, Simpsons, South Park, you know, shows like that, yeah. So... In in the Empire Strikes Back, Luke Skywalker has like a big like relationship, uh, like in the movie with Darth Vader. Even though it might not be a good relationship, do you like how would you describe the relationship between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader? Yeah, and the, the Empire Strikes Back, I think the relationship is more of a, especially at the beginning, it's more of a you know I need to take this guy down, whatever. And you know, in the movie, they have a lot of scenes that show like there's a lot of similarities between the two, like um. It's like a hallucination, whatever, but he, like, fights Darth Vader at a Dagobah with Yoda, and, like, he cuts off Darth Vader's head, and then he, the mask opens up, and it's just Luke's face, which is a bit of foreshadowing, like, hey, this guy's your dad. Uh, and then, you know, at the end, obviously, Luke just gets devastated because his entire, you know, perception of the world got flipped upside down when he finds out this guy's, he's trying to kill his dad. Uh, so, the, I think the relationship's really good in the movie. They're, I, I feel like what it's mostly doing is trying to, like, distinguish that they're, like, these guys are you know, similar, even though they're on different paths. And, you know, their relationship is a lot more explored in uh, the sequel, The Return of the Jedi, where, like, they're together for, like, the entire second half of the movie just doing stuff. Now, like, what do you think that, like, the movie, like, it's different from, like, other movies because, like, Star Wars, like, you can't get any different than that. I think George Lucas, like, he had a really creative idea and, like, really ran with it. Do you think that, like, Star Wars is, like, one of its own and nothing will ever compete with it? Or do you think that there is, um, like, movies that come, like, close to it, or do you think that it stands alone? Uh, yeah, I, I think in terms of movie franchises as a whole, I don't, I don't think Star Wars can really ever be topped because, like, it's something where, like, you can go back and you can add more, and you can also go into, you know, the future and add more, as, you know, the sequel trilogy did, you know, 7, 8, 9, that kind of ruins more, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, in terms of other movie franchises, nothing, nothing really comes close to it. The only thing I can think of is the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. That might be the only, like, film franchise that can come close to it. Like, you know, Marvel movies don't even come close. They they try, but they, they just don't. You know, stuff like Pirates of the Caribbean doesn't even come close. That's kind of, that's a joke compared to Star Wars. Uh, yeah, so I, I think Star Wars is pretty untouchable. I, I don't think we'll ever top it. Yeah, I agree. So, like, aside from your favorite movies, like, what are some of your favorite actors? Um, see, that's tough. Uh, I, re- I really like uh, Willem Dafoe, who was uh, Green Goblin in the original Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. He's, anything he does is just amazing. Uh, Tom Cruise, he's great because he can do action, he can do uh, comedy, he can also do really emotional movies, things like that. Uh, other words, uh, 
you know, growing up, I watched Harrison Ford movies all the time, you know, like Empire Strikes Back, Indiana Jones. So he's he's like the guy who got me into acting, movies, things like that. So I, I that would be my top three if I had to give them off. So with Harrison Ford, do you think that Star Wars was his better movie or that Indiana Jones was his better movie? Uh, it's tough because he's great as both. I, th- I think Han Solo is a better character than Indiana Jones. I, that might be an unpopular opinion, but I, I don't care. How so? Like, what makes him a better character, in your opinion? Uh, Han Solo is just very dynamic. Uh, he's very smug, very confident, but he's also very uh, passionate, caring, and, you know, he can be funny and everything. Indiana Jones is just very... Uh, no, I, I love Indiana Jones as a character. He's, like, very focused on the goal, and he'll just do, like, anything. I like more of the... He's very serious, and a lot of the comedy from Indiana Jones comes from, you know, Harrison Ford reacting to... Uh, silly situations, whatever that's happening around him, instead of what I prefer more in the Star Wars version, where like Han Solo will do something goofy, and then that's like where the the, the joke comes from. I I think Han Solo is a bit more dynamic than uh, Indiana Jones is. Yeah, I agree. So, Josh, I think that's a, g- a good place to stop there. But thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem. My name is Michael Geradis, and I'm Josh Brown. And th- that was the episode of the Roman Arena podcast. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to the Roman Arena Podcast, produced by the students of Roman Catholic High School in Philadelphia, the oldest diocesan high school in the United States. Be sure to subscribe to get new, fresh episodes and follow on social media for more. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next time on the Roman Arena Podcast.